When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, my guest is Jeremy Kyle, who's the founder of Powell Financial Partners. Welcome, Jeremy. Thank you, Gary. Glad to be on the show. So, Jeremy, what kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what got you into, you know, into the financial arena? Sure. I've always had an interest in, in numbers. Uh, I'm someone I was a subscriber to the Wall Street Journal when I was uh, at sophomore and junior in college. So actually paying my own money to get the Wall Street Journal. Uh, my dad tells me I was reading the business pages back in fourth grade. Uh, I'd read the funnies too, but just the, uh, the right. business pages as well yeah, and the sports. That's all good stuff. So I've just always had that interest. And then my, uh, my aunt worked for a financial company. And when I graduated from college, she said, hey, you, you sell suits at Jose Bank. That's what my college job was. And you're a math guy. You'd be a great financial advisor. And I never, ever considered that as a career, right. but I loved it from day one. So it's, it's been fun. Right. So, you know, with, with your firm um, and what you guys do, kind of what's your, your primary um, uh, niche that you guys have? Yeah, we are exclusively retirement planners. So we help uh, people make retirement investment and tax decisions that are related to going into retirement and hopefully staying retired. Right, right. Um, what are some of the common mistakes that you were seeing people make before they come to you when it comes to their retirement planning? Yeah, I'd say one uh, mistake is that people aren't planning ahead of time. It's like people, uh, I'll talk to people and they'll say, hey, I'll call you when I'm retired. Oh my goodness, that's like after almost all of it's done. You know, you right. people will make their pension decision, roll over their 401k, do a bunch of things with their taxes, and then they show up at your door. Like you've got to plan this ahead of time. And they almost feel like it's, exactly two tracks. If I do one thing in particular until I retire, and do I do complete, completely separate thing uh, at retirement? Uh, no, it's not a flipping of a switch. It's just a, a gradual change from where you may be investing and looking at things as a uh, not retired person towards when you are uh, retired. So just planning for things ahead of time is, is a big deal. And then also too, just not understanding how things will affect you. And so I hear people, especially we're, we're two guys on the podcast right now, 
and I'm not there yet, but for some reason, when guys turn 60 or 65, they think they're dying like tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and like it, you've maybe heard of this too, Gary, like it's like right. they're dying tomorrow. And so all their decisions are made based on that. And then we ask, well, how's your wife doing? Oh my goodness. My mother-in-law is a hundred and she's still giving me trouble. You know, yeah. uh, my wife's going to live forever. It's like, okay, well, there's, there's two of you here and you're wrong about dying tomorrow, most likely. Uh, right. as a guy, as a 60 year old guy, but let's just, let's just go with that. Uh, fine. Then let's make decisions based on the 30 or 40 years your wife might be, uh, living. And so they kind of get that. But a lot of times, uh, when we're looking at pension decisions, social security decisions, a lot of people, uh, the guys especially say, well, what are the odds I'll actually get to that point? Like, what are the odds I'll actually live that long? I got tired of hearing what are the odds? I've yet to find someone that says, what are the odds that actually looked up the odds? And I'm a math guy. I looked up the odds right. and the odds are pretty good that you'll get to that point. And even if you don't, most of the time, it doesn't matter. As long as one of you gets to whatever that age is, uh, that's, that's a, the point that matters. And oftentimes when I run the numbers, cause I do that, uh, the odds of actually getting to whatever age they're talking about, or it's a break, even if I do this or that, the odds are often like 90% or above. Uh, so it's a, right. it's usually a, a good thing uh, to to find out the numbers, and you'd be surprised how often the numbers are in your favor. Right, you know, because you're doing primarily um, or all retirement planning. When is it that you want somebody to to come in to see you to be able to start working with with the client um, on this? Yeah, the, the best thing is and about five. To, <laughs> yeah, best that's best thing is about five to ten years ahead of time, and so that's not necessarily an exact age. Uh, there might be, uh, we're out here in Milwaukee area, and there's a lot of firefighters, police that could retire at 50. Uh, I think you're out in the DC area where there could be people retiring as 38 year olds from the military. Right. And so you want to plan for things uh, well ahead of time. I'd say five to 10 years ahead of time is about the time frame where you've got to switch that mindset of I'm socking away all my money into the stock market and I'm trying to get tax deductions today. And I'm just thinking about, uh, a combination of today and just throw everything uh, towards the future. When your future is showing up fairly soon, when you're only five to 10 years away, there might be some things you want to prepare ahead of time of how does your pension work? How will you take the tax situations out of your, your investments? Uh, just things along those lines. Right. Now, because you primarily, or, or you do focus on, on retirement, how does, um, do you, um, talk with people about how the Medicare and social security is going to affect them in, in retirement. Yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. Medicare turning 65. I tell people might just be your favorite birthday of all time. You, you don't have to worry so much about health insurance anymore. There's a lot of people retiring or leaving work. They might not want to call it retirement, but they're 55 or 60 years old right. and they have a tough time getting on health insurance and paying for the health insurance. You get to 65, a lot of it's uh, kind of taken care of uh, for you. So we've got a lot of podcasts, a lot of guidebooks on here's the things you ought to know about Medicare. Here's some of the myths on Medicare. It's just educate yourself, work with someone that is focused on all the things that involve not buying stocks and bonds. A lot of people think I've saved for retirement. The only thing that matters is investing. Like, can I get a half a point more than the next guy in terms of my returns? And if you could... Chances are the next time around, you won't. Right. And yet your decisions, your ability to make choices of how much money do you spend, what do you do with your pensions and social security and your taxes and your healthcare decisions, 
how much money do you put into the market? How much money do you take out of the market? Those are all things you have huge amounts of control over, and you can add huge amounts of value to your retirement plans, your uh, well-being by focusing on those as opposed to focusing on the things you can't control, which is basically the stock market. You can't control that. Right, right. As much as people want to try, right? They'll try and they'll fail and they'll do worse than if they hadn't tried. Right. So what, what are some of the challenges that, that you guys are facing now? Um, you know, obviously, I don't want to say we're out of the pandemic, but it seems like we're on the, hopefully on the back end of it. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, we're dealing with all the issues in Ukraine and everything now. So how is this affecting you guys, especially with people that, that may be so close to retirement? Yeah, so it just uh, proves the point of getting ready five or 10 years ahead of time. I'll go back to the pandemic of 2020. We met plenty of people that summer, that fall. Uh, I'm thinking of a couple in particular where they had that exact mindset. I've got to go full bore in growth until a day I retire. And then I got to go full bore uh, into uh, income type investments, like growth and income, two different things in there. And they're both planning individually that they're separate, um, not like they know each other or anything, but they're both planning on retiring in about six months to a year. And so they're sitting there in January of 2020 with their stocks at like 80, 90% in the stock market. And that might be right for a lot of people. But if you're retiring within one year and the market's up like half the time, you know, are you, you're just relying on a coin flip on how your retirement's going to look a year from now? You got to be making those decisions ahead of time. So what happens is the classical thing. They had too much in the stock market knowing that they were going to retire within six months to a year. The market drops by 30%. They both pull their money completely out of the stock market. Then they're sitting in cash. And then they say, uh, of course, you never do this ahead of time. You always do it when you're down like 20, 30%. Because what happens if it goes worse? Well, back then, March of 2020, uh, the bottom was on a Monday. Three days later, it was up 22%. And so that's the day usually that people freak out and they pull their money out is on that worst day. And if they had just waited the three days, you know, they would have been 22% ahead, you know, in the stock market there. And then of course it bumps and they realize they made a mistake. So they're just going to wait it out to see, okay, if it drops again, then I'll get back in. And then it keeps on going when, then I'll get it back in. And so most people don't have a plan to get out of the stock market correctly. So when something bad happens, they get out of the stock market incorrectly. And let's just pretend they even picked it. They, they took their money out of the market. They found the perfect time. They were good. They don't have a plan to get back into the stock market. Right. And so stop focusing on these day-to-day -day movements. Uh, those two folks in particular, they're still not fully into the market the way uh, they ought to be uh, based on just what their goals are and how much risk can they put up with. And if they had just had a plan, knowing that they were retiring six months to a year ahead of time, they most likely, you can't guarantee it, but most likely uh, would, have been, would not have been making the mistakes uh, by pulling all their money out of the market. And that's the whole point. A lot of people look at everything as one big pot of money. Like a lot of times we encourage people separate it out into two different pots of money, one for the short term, one for the long term. And just like you spent the last 30 years focusing on the long term, you retire at 62, some of your money might have 30 more years left. Like right. you can still have some long-term money in retirement, but things are different. You've got a short term, but your short term isn't your entire life. Your short term is just the next one year, three year, five years, seven years, whatever works uh, for you. So just kind of carve that out and make sure that you have some short-term money so that you can allow your long-term money to do what it's going to do. And it's going to go up and down. 
And the fact that you have some money available elsewhere is what allows you to do the, the patience and the rebalancing and the things that you ought to do with your long-term money. Yeah. I think, I think the, the important thing to, to take from what you just said uh, for people is that they got to put together a plan and then stick with the plan. Yeah. Um, you know, cause, cause like you said, I mean, it does everything, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to make the mistake of, of, you know, buying high and selling low. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so if you, if you have that plan and have a professional like you helping them, you know, stick to that plan and, and sometimes our jobs are just talking people off the cliff, um, you know, when they want to pull everything out and, you know, just trying to get them not to do that is so important. Well, and have a, uh, have a process. A lot of people you talk to might be uh, a business owner and they probably have a process on here's how they go about uh, doing whatever their business is. You work for the government. You probably have a process for how you fill out the paperwork and do the budget cycle and all kinds of things like that. You have never retired before. You need to have a process on how do you make decisions with retirement. Uh, we've, that's all we do is help people make great retirement decisions. So we have a, a process. People can go to fivestepretirementplan.com to learn more about the, the process. But basically, I'll go through it real quick, is understand first, how much will you be spending in retirement? And that includes not just what you spend yourself, but also your healthcare costs, your tax situations, things like that. The next step is understand what you'll be making in retirement. Just because you stop working doesn't mean you stop making money. Uh, right. A lot of people have pensions. A lot of people have Social Security. You're married. You both have pensions. You might have four different ways that you're making money that have nothing to do with the stock market. And your decision, a lot of times on how you fill out that paperwork, when you fill out that paperwork can make or break you tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. You want to figure that out ahead of time because you can't change it. Unlike your investments, almost all the time you fill out your paperwork uh, for pension, social security, you wait a little bit of time, you can't change it. Uh, right. Third and fourth step is breaking those investments to the two different buckets of money, the now money, the later money. And the fifth step is understanding what are the risks to your money, your life, your legacy, where... There's some legal things like estates and, and wills and trusts and things like that you ought to be doing. Uh, but perhaps you look through it and say, hey, my plan is great when things are rosy. What if things aren't so rosy? And maybe there's some insurance pieces that need to come in to help out in that, uh, that area. Right, right. No, that's, that's great advice. And it's, it's one of those things that, again, like you said, I think if somebody has a process on doing something, um, then, then that way it makes it easier. And, and, and if they panic, then it's easier to go back. Okay, here, here's our process. Let's stick with it. That's for sure. Exactly. So, you know, you've been doing this for a little while now. Um, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out? Uh, let's see. I, when I first started out, you know, I was 22 years old, I think. I thought all that you did as a financial advisor is you convince people to take money out of the bank and put it in the stock market. So I'm kind of like where everyone else might be, where it's, it's a choice between do you keep money in the bank or put it full bore into the, the stock market. And it took me a little while to realize that what I've been saying, the decisions you make outside of that are far more impactful uh, than which stock you buy, you know, what interest rate you get on a CD, uh, things like that. Right, right. Um, with... Um... You know, because I, I know you typically deal with the, the people that are getting close to retirement, but what advice would you have, uh, you know, for, you know, look back, you know, how many ever years ago when you were first coming out of college and getting that first job and stuff like that, what advice would you be giving yourself 
from a retirement standpoint, just coming out of college. Yeah. Well, thankfully, I think I was taking some advice. That's probably why my aunt realized I should get into the financial uh, world. I started my Roth IRA with my own money at the age of 18, uh, put $250 into the SP 500 uh, index. I don't know how many prospectuses I read, but I read them and I decided which one I was going to go with. So I uh, started out strong there. And then I was even working uh, in college and putting 50 bucks away every single month towards your Roth IRA. And so just getting used to putting money away towards your future is a, is a huge deal. Um, I don't know how many uh, the government workers you've got out in your area, but I know with uh, the, the federal government, a lot of times I believe that the default used to be the G fund uh, in there with the TSP, right. with the thrift savings plan. Have they changed that now to one of the L funds, to the uh, life cycle so, yeah. funds? Okay, that's, so. that's, that's good news because a lot of people walk into their uh, first job, whether it's you know, with the government or a private employer, and they just do whatever happened already. And so you could be 22 years old with money that you're not supposed to take out to your 59 and a half. You're talking about almost 40 years and you're invested in basically a short-term interest rate account. Right. Uh, it's fine to have a short-term interest rate account for short-term interest rate purposes. Uh, but if you just walk in and just kind of do the default, uh, you might not uh, be where you ought to be uh, in the future. So learn a little bit about your 401k, uh, find out how much they're going to match you because, uh, if they'll match you at a certain level, you got to be doing at the minimum that certain level. That That's one of the first few free monies out there is to right. uh, get this extra money coming in on the match on your 401k, TSP, uh, whatever it's called. But even go beyond that. Just put like 50 bucks away, $100 away a month into a Roth IRA, whatever it is, just to get used to it, just to see how it works and understand uh, that putting money away every month is far more impactful than not putting money away but having the, the really great stock that you would buy if you had money. Right. Right. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's important that, you know, again, like you said, it's like start immediately, you know, it, it, cause to me, it's like, okay, you're coming out, you know, you're getting that first shot. You're not used to having the money anyway. So right. why not put some of it away then? Um, and, and just, just that simple compounding of interest will help you uh, if not anything else. Exactly. Um, what, I guess, what have I not asked you um, that you wish I had? Boy, I don't know. I uh, can't think of one uh, right now, but uh, I, I think just reiterate, have a process, whatever it is you're doing. And especially with retirement, you've never done it before. I mean, few people retire even twice, like uh, what Michael Jordan did, I think. But, right. uh, you know, and uh, not to be people uh, do that. So have a process, work with someone that's a specialist in that area. A lot of uh, accountants, advisors, lawyers are maybe kind of generalists, and that's that's great for general things, uh, but this is a big deal. A lot of people have been saving towards retirement their entire lives, and their decisions at one specific point in time are going to set them up uh, for success or failure for the rest of their life. Work with someone that specializes in that area, that has a process that you understand, that educates you. That's all important stuff. Right, right, definitely. Um, so Jeremy, if people like what they've heard today and they want to reach out to you and talk to you, how can they get to you? Sure. If you want to check out my podcast where we've got uh, great speakers on talking about all kinds of different things, it's retirement-revealed.com. That'll take you right to the podcast. Otherwise our website is kylefp.com and that's Kyle, K-E-I-L-F-P.com. Great. We appreciate your time today and your words of wisdom. Yeah. Thank you, Gary. Nice to meet you.
Yes. Today, our guest was Jeremy Kyle, who's the founder of Kyle Financial Partners. See you guys next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.